This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight we begin with Nightbeat, a show starring Frank Lovejoy. Now, he's perhaps best remembered for appearing in the film noir The Hitchhiker and for starring in the radio drama we're about to hear. A successful radio actor, Lovejoy played Broadway Harry in the Gay Night Is Review and was heard on the 1930s crime drama series Gangbusters. Lovejoy was a narrator during the first season for the show This Is Your FBI. In films of the 40s and 50s, he mostly played supporting roles, appearing in movies such as Goodbye, My Fancy, 1951, with Joan Crawford, and The Hitchhiker, 1953, directed by Ida Lupino. Lovejoy was effective playing the movies Everyman in Extraordinary Situations. On October 2nd of 1962, Frank Lovejoy died of a heart attack in his sleep at his residence in New York City. His wife, Joan Banks, called for medical help after she was unable to wake him, the couple had been appearing in a New Jersey production of the Gore Vidal play, The Best Man. You know, whenever I program the show Nightbeat, I can almost guarantee I'll hear from a listener in Waterloo, Iowa, Dave Kelly. He just loves the work of Frank Lovejoy. I look back at our correspondence, and a little more than a year ago, he wrote me, and I quote, he says, I just checked your schedule for the week and see you have a Nightbeat episode scheduled for Wednesday night. This is great news. The last episode you had of Nightbeat took place during a bumpy night of thunderstorms here in Iowa, and I was unable to listen. Hopefully conditions Wednesday night will be better. Thanks again. I love your show, unquote. Well, Dave, let's hope tonight it's all quiet on the Western Front. The episode of Nightbeat is entitled A World All His Own. Night's Beat. This is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. You know, stories start out in many different ways. Tonight's story started when I walked into a nice little guy's private world and it blew up right in my face. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. When the streetcars and the subways fill out their thousands of tired ones who scurry off into a million directions to find home, that's when my job begins. I start walking, looking for my story so that you can read about it in your morning newspaper and feel good because it didn't happen to you. Tonight I got my story fast. 
just walking down Madison Street, west, away from the center of things. I kept walking past the shooting gallery, the nickel arcade with the peep shows and the fortune-telling machines, the jukebox taverns, <laughs> Madison Street, the quick route to happiness with the world's worst hangover. And then straight ahead of me was Pop Gordon's training gym. That's where the public pays 30 cents to watch fellas training to beat each other's brains out. You know, when I got inside, it looked like just one of those fights. And then I heard one voice over the other. It was a voice I knew. Somebody call the cops and get that punchy loon out of here. You What's the matter, Pop? Yeah. This crazy owl's gonna tear off his rocker. But that's Billy. Yeah. Somebody call the cops. Wait a second, Pop. He's all right. Sure, sure. Listen to him. Only one place for a loon like that in the bughouse. I'm gonna get the cops and have this owl tied up. Oh, now, wait a minute, Pop. Let me talk to him. Randy, stay away from that lot. Five of us couldn't hold him. He knows me. Randy, the guy's gone nuts. I yeah, like I said, everybody's scared of getting the same. Hey, Billy. 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 What? Hi, Billy. How's it going? Uh, you coming in with me? Oh, sure, sure. Make me a big man getting into the same ring with a champ. Well, that's me, champ. And you're a two-bit bum. Well, that's a thumbnail description if I ever heard one. Admit it. The truth. A two-bit bum. Admit it. I admit it. I admit it, Billy. Yeah, but you don't mean it. You're laughing at me like the rest of me. You're laughing at me. Billy, I never laughed at you in my life. You laughed? Well, I'll show you what happens to anybody who laughs at Billy the Kid. As the world flew away in all directions, I dimly remembered how the sports writers used to speak so respectfully of Billy's fast left hand. But brother, if they knew what I just found out about his right when the fog finally cleared, Pop Gordon was bending over me, and there were a lot of other faces, too. But I didn't see Billy when I stood up. You okay, Randy? Oh. This is being okay. I don't want any part of it. He slugs you, but good. Where is he? Uh, he took off before the cops come. Took off before anybody could grab him. I don't blame him. Uh, I let that bum come in at Jim and sit around. Everybody else pays 30 cents but him. I let him free. What's he do, huh? What's he do? He busts loose. He blows his top. But Why? What happened to Billy? Oh, I don't know. Tonight, I catch him putting a bite on my customers. Two bits here, a dime there. Billy was panhandling? Sure. Like I said, I didn't like it, so I tell him. And then what? I don't know. I'm over at the other side of the gym. I hear somebody laugh, and the next thing I know, the owl's swinging like a windmill. He's going to kill everybody just for being around. He ought to be tied up. Uh-huh, just like that, huh? Yeah, he ain't safe. What do you want? The black Mariah to come around, cart him away like a load of rubbish? Yeah, but for his own good. Oh, Pop. Yeah. Remember when he was champ? He packed him in every club where he fought. He had a dollar or five dollars for anybody who held out a hand. So? What are you getting at? Well, now he's got no one, Pop, and now he's out in the cold. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'll forget the cops. But we still got to put him away. Well, all right, sure, but let's do it as painless as possible. I'll, uh... I'll keep him with me tonight, and then tomorrow... We'll... You going after him? Yeah, which way'd he go? Uh, straight up the streets, but watch out, Randy. He blows his lid. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. I don't want any rematch. I'd like to know why he blew his lid in the first place and my jaw in the second place. I'd known Billy a long time. A sweet, gentle guy who always seemed to be living in a world all of his own. A world that nobody else knew about and cared less. And now he was in trouble. In his mood, he might hurt someone. Or worse, he might get himself hurt. 
I must have walked for half an hour before I finally spotted him. He was standing on a corner. I stopped and watched him for a couple of minutes. I watched his hesitant and embarrassed panhandling. Then I walked over to him, slowly. Hello, Billy. What? Oh, hiya, hiya, Randy, old pal, old pal, hiya. You want some company? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> good, good. Randy, where, where you been keeping yourself? I ain't seen you for a couple of weeks. You haven't seen me for a couple of weeks? Well, I, I thought maybe you'd forget an old pal, huh? No, you're <laughs> not the kind of a fellow one forgets, champ. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the uh, trouble back at the gym? Gym? What gym? Pop Gordon's. Pop's place? Yeah. Well, well let's go. I, I gotta help Pop. He, he's a good Joe, you know. He never charges me nothing. Wait a minute, hold on a second, Billy. Hold on. Uh, yeah? Weren't you at the gym tonight? Oh, no, not tonight. I, I've been here. And you didn't, uh, massage my chin? You, you're giving me a rib? Well, what you looking at me for like that, Randy? Forget it, Billy. You, you was just ribbing, huh? Oh, sure, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I like ribs. I'm not giving a hot foot, nothing like that. But funny ribs that, that don't hurt nobody. Oh, sure. <laughs> can I ask you a $64 question? Well, sure not. You, you can ask me anything, Randy, anything. I saw you a minute ago, Billy. What? I never seen you ask for a touch before. Uh, I, I, I ain't never gonna do it no more, but... But, Randy, I, I got it tonight. I, I got to get a few bucks. Maybe 15. I already got $2. Maybe. Why do you need $15? What? I, I, I got to get a new suit. A new suit? What's so special about tonight, Billy? What? That, that, that's something I, I got to do it. I just got to do it, Randy. I got to have 15, but. Hey, them Scott. Hey! Is that you, Randy? Yeah. Oh, Sullivan! Yeah. Randy. Don't let him pick me up for panhandling, please. No, I won't, Billy. Now, you wait here. Wait here. I'll be right back. Yeah. It's Billy back here, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, Sullivan. Why? Heard you had a little trouble with him back at the gym. Mm. Maybe we ought to put him in the tank for the night. Keep him out of trouble, huh? Look, uh, look, Sullivan. Uh, He's going away tomorrow for a long time. Oh, like that, huh? Yeah, that's it. This is his last night out. Yeah, 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 I see. Okay, good. That's the way I do it myself. I see you around, Randy, but keep an eye on him. Yeah, I'll watch him like a hawk. Thanks, Sullivan. So long. Uh, well, what they say, Randy? They, they ain't gonna pick me up for mooching on it. They ain't gonna... No, no, no. Of course not. Uh, look, uh, Billy, how'd you like to come to my apartment for a while? Oh, I can't. I told you. I gotta get 15 bucks. Well, we'll talk about it. Well, I gotta get it tonight. Now, I gotta get a new suit because... Because... Yeah, go, go on. Why? I, I can't be wearing this crummy rag when when I see her. Not when when I see her. I didn't know what he meant. But whatever it made him go crazy at the gym, whatever it made him hit me was tied in with her. Who she was, I didn't know, and I wasn't sure that he knew. I finally talked him into going to my place and... When we went in, I watched that slow, gentle smile come over his face. Hey, this place is a number one. Yeah. Sit down, Billy. I ain't got much time. Just a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, I'm awful tired, Randy. Seems like a lot of things has happened tonight, you know. I, I'm kind of tired. Sure. 
Want a drink, Billy? Oh, no. I, I, I never touch it, you know that. Yeah. And you never panhandled before. Well, I, I ain't gonna do that no more just tonight. I, I never bummed off of nobody. I paid my own way. Come anything, I, I paid my own way. Yeah, that's why I want to know why you're putting the bite on people tonight. I ain't gonna tell you. You, you, you laugh. I won't laugh. You will. So somebody else laughed when I told her. Some, somebody laughed and... Well, when, when somebody laughs at me, I don't like it. I All right, easy, you, I, easy, buddy. I, easy, easy. I, yeah. Come on now. Uh, I, I tell you, I, I gotta get 15 bucks. Hey, hey, look, look, look at this. What's that, Billy? I, I cut it out of the paper today. I, I seen it. Hey, you take a look at it, huh? You read what it All says. Right. Mrs. Walter Compton and her husband... Yeah? Yeah, go on, that's more... Prominent society leaders of New York will be in town tonight. They're staying at the Lake Shore and... I can't go there in this crummy rag. Well, why do you have to see her? What? Well, I, I gotta tell her something. Hey, it's getting late, Randy. I, I gotta get... I'll lend you the $15, Billy. You? Oh, no. No, I pay my own way. Well, pay it back whenever you get a job. No, I don't want any handouts. It's just a loan, Billy. It's a loan. What? <laughs> uh, thanks, Randy. You, you're a champ. Now, now tell me why you got to see her. You, you ain't gonna laugh. I, I can take anything but that. Anything. I won't laugh, Billy. No, I, I, I guess you wouldn't. Okay. You, you remember once I was champ? Oh, everybody knows you were champ. Now, what about her, Mrs. Compton? Yeah. Well, it's one night after a fight. See, I ain't champ yet, but I'm punching right up to the top. See. Okay, but this one fight, she ain't there. So I go to see her at her place. She's there. She's there. And so when I... Who's that? It's me, Billy. Where are you? Yeah, in a minute. Sure. Hey, I win tonight. I said I win tonight, Edna. Yeah, I heard on the radio. Well? Well, what? It don't mean a thing? Sure. Means a lot, I guess. You guess. <laughs> a kid for a dollar who's going to marry the next middleweight champ, you sure take things like a lump of ice. Yeah. Edna, anything wrong? No. Nope. Oh, there is. Okay, something's wrong. Have it your way. <laughs> you, you, you wasn't at the fight tonight, baby. I, I looked for you. It took me three, four rounds to get going because I didn't see you. You won. Oh, kid, look at me. Sure. The eye got torn open again, huh? Oh, oh that's nothing. Collodion fixed it. Collodion huh? fixes everything, huh? Get cut up, use collodion. That's nice. That puts you all together again. How long do you think you'll stay together? What, what's eating on you, honey? The last two, three weeks. The last been... two, three weeks. The last two, three years. Yeah, that's right. I hate it. You hate what? Oh, shut up. Oh, kid, kid, what's wrong? You and me. Oh, I don't get it. The only thing you do get is a measly few bucks for getting your head knocked off. Oh, I'm a fighter, So you're honey. a fighter. All right, fight. But count me out. Oh, now, wait a I've minute. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for him to carry you home. Me? <laughs> me? It can't happen, huh? Well, all of a sudden, you start blowing your top. It's not all of a sudden. You said it. You said there was something wrong for the last two or three years. Okay. Okay, spill it. I'm through, Billy. Washed up. Finished. What? You and me. Done. Since when? Since right now. 
<laughs> oh, baby, it's just the eye. You see me this way and you... <laughs> the eye. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Edna. Don't laugh at me. I take anything but being laughed at. It is a laugh. Oh, now listen, you listen. honey. I don't care if you get punched all over the state. I don't care if you get your brains rattled so hard. It's Edna. me I care about from now on. Okay. So I'll be champ. So, so you'll get your fur coat. Not from you. you. Not from a guy who's beginning to look like a punching bag instead of a man. Look at me. Take a good look. I am. Yeah, I am. I got looks. I got class. I can do all right. I still don't get it. All right, I'll lay it on the line for you. Want me to? Go ahead. I'm not going to tie myself to a punchy character. I'm not going to have to walk in nice places with a guy whose face is... Well, look at her. Go on, take a look in the mirror. You see what I mean? You want me to quit? I don't care if you do or not, because it's too late, Billy. It's too late. Edna, you, you shouldn't say <laughs> things. Please, Edna, <laughs> That's the way it was, Randy. That, that's the way it was. Yeah, I see. Look, Billy, you don't want to go and see her after that. I, I tell you, Randy, I, I got to see her. There's something I got to tell her. It's got to be tonight because tomorrow she, she'll be gone. Billy, how do you know that she'll... Well, that she'll see you. Oh, I know. I know because there's something I, I ain't told you. There's something, something I ain't never going to tell nobody. And... Uh, uh, Randy, please, please, don't don't try to stop me. Please, don't let nobody try to stop me because because if if they do, I'll, I'll kill them. said he'd kill anybody who tried to stop him from seeing Mrs. Walter Compton. I looked at his scarred face and into his eyes. A wild fever you see in the eyes of a dog everyone says is mad but only wants a drink of water. And then... Uh, I guess I, I shouldn't have said that, Randy. Well, let's forget it for a minute, Billy. Now tell me, why do you want to see her? <laughs> you don't understand dames, huh? <laughs> No, my mother never told me. Well, well, she gives me the brush, see, like I tell you. She, she gives me the brush, but, but she does it for me, see? She, she don't want me to get my brains knocked out, see? Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to see, Billy. Sure. But me, I got no sense, so, so I don't see it her way. So I, I, I let her walk out, and I don't see her no more. Not until I get hold of that paper today. And tonight you want to see her? To say what, Billy? Well, but don't you see? She loves me. All these years, she, she never lets up, and I... I I, I want to tell her it's okay, that maybe her and me, we can start all over like, see? Uh, what's the matter, Randy? Nothing. Nothing, Billy. Look, don't let anybody kid you, pal. You're still champion. Oh, I ain't nothing. But uh, I, I got to go now. I, I got to get 15 bucks for us. Now, look. Look, you're tired. You need a shave. Maybe take a shower. You thought of that? No. All right, now you wait here and take a shower and a shave, and I'll bring a suit back for you. Is that a deal? Oh, gee, you, you're a champ, Randy, a real champ. I might be gone for a little while, Billy, but when I come back, everything will be okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
There was only one thing for me to do. Go and see Mrs. Walter Compton. I made sure that Billy couldn't leave my apartment. I locked the door from the outside. I didn't want him picked up before he had the chance to see her. To see the woman around whom he'd built a whole world of fantasy in which he'd lived for so many years. I didn't want that world to come down around his ears. My newspaper pass got me in to see Mrs. Walter Compton in her suite at the Lakeshore. You're Mr. Stone? Yes, I am, Mrs. Compton. You're from the newspaper. Well, I'm not on newspaper business, uh, Mrs. Compton. Not tonight. This is more personal. Really? Well, what can I, um... Uh, do for me? Uh, nothing. Then please get to the point, Mr. Stone. My husband will be here shortly with guests. How soon? An hour. Why? Well, uh, because it concerns someone you used to know. Really? Who? Billy Candell. Billy Candell? As he was better known as Billy the Kid, once middleweight champion of the world. Oh, I'd forgotten. <laughs> and I was glad to. Uh, Mrs. Compton, he's coming here tonight to see you. What? He's coming. <laughs> How stupid can you get? Well, for a lot of people, it's not hard to be stupid or uh, heartless. Yours must be a rather sentimental column, Mr. Stone. Uh, yes, it's about people. You'd better go. Look, uh, please see, Billy, what can you lose? It's out of the question. Listen, all he wants is to tell you something. He wants to tell you that... that he knows that you still love him. What? Oh, no. Oh, now listen to me, please. So tomorrow he's going to... Well, he's going where he can rest. He's sick, Mrs. Compton. He's desperately sick. Let's not be so polite. The word is punch drunk, I believe. You want me to see a lunatic? No, he's not. And I'll be here when he comes. We'll keep it between us three. Do you know what you're asking? Yes, I'm asking you to give a guy a few minutes of his world. Make it real for him. Tell him anything. Tell him you still love him. Then he'll go away. After tomorrow, you'll never see him or hear from him again. You're asking me to receive that... That thing to bring him into this hotel where everyone can see him? Do you know what that means? Well, to him, yes. I'm talking about myself. Myself, Mr. Stone. Yes, I'd like to get off that subject for a it's moment. It's the only subject that matters. If you don't see him, he'll crack up all the way. That happened long ago. Good evening, Mr. Stone. Three minutes of your time. I said no. Did you hear, Mr. Stone? I said no. Okay, lady, I'm going. Uh, thank you for everything that's been lovely. You needn't be sarcastic, Mr. Stone. Oh, needn't I be? Look, Queenie, I got a little spot announcement for you. Billy owes you a vote of thanks. You'll never know it, but you gave him the biggest break of his life when you walked out on him years ago. Oh, really? Yes, positively. Tonight you're giving him even a bigger break. Tell me about it, Mr. Stone. Yes, I'll tell you. <laughs> the only thing that poor guy's got left is his memory of a girl named Edna. Any resemblance between that memory and you was strictly coincidental. Goodbye. I was glad to get out into the fresh air. All the way back to my apartment, I kept thinking of what I'd tell Billy. How I'd tell him. Then as I walked across the lobby toward the elevator... Mr. Stone, Mr. Stone! Uh, oh, what is it, Charlie? Hey, here's a message for you. Okay. Here you are, Mr. Stone. Thank you. How long ago he leave this? Oh, what, just a few minutes after you left. <laughs> did you know you left him locked in? He called out. He asked me to open the yeah, door. Yeah, did he say where he was uh, going? No, no, no. Just that he couldn't wait for you any longer. Now, that is on the note. How do you look? How'd he look? Well, I mean, anything unusual about him? No, I... He had on one of your suits, I remember now. That, that pinstripe one, he must have stolen. No, he didn't your... steal anything. Now, listen to me. Uh, I'm going to the Lakeshore Hotel. If he comes back here, get in touch with me there. Mrs. Compton's suite. Mrs. Compton's suite, yes. Oh, and listen, I think you'd better call the police. But as for Kalski, remember that Kalski? Kalski. Tell him to meet me at the Lakeshore Hotel and quick. 
I took a cab and I took the shortest way to the lakeshore. I watched the pavements looking for Billy, but I didn't see him. He had some money on him and he must have taken a cab himself. And then I was back at the lakeshore talking with the clerk at the desk there. Yes, sir. There was a, a man here of that description. He asked that a call be put through to Mrs. Compton's suite. And was it? Well, sir, he... He was a rather... Well, yes, yes, I, I know, I know. So he didn't get through. Oh, I called Mrs. Compton Suite myself and told her. That is, I described the man. I... Yes, go ahead. What'd she say? That on no account was I to put him through or send him upstairs. Oh, well. Okay, that's something. What did he do then? He left immediately. Which way? Oh, I'm afraid I didn't notice, sir. I was registering some new guests and I paid no attention. Okay, thank you very much. I had to find Billy before... Well, before what? What would he do? Where would he go? I asked myself those questions as I walked slowly along, watching for him, hoping to see that pathetic figure in my pinstripe suit, hoping I'd get to him before someone else stopped him. I was afraid of what might happen or could happen. And then I saw him, just past the Lakeshore Hotel, shambling slowly along, his shoulders hunched against the wind that cut in off the lake. I ran and caught up with him. Billy! Billy! What? Uh-huh. Uh, hi, Randall. Hi. W- what you doing over here? Oh, I just, uh, looking around. Why'd you leave my apartment? What? Oh, well, well, you was gone so long and I had to get gone, see? Oh, sure. Come on, let's walk. Yeah. Hey, I, I borrowed one of your suits. It, uh, it's a, a real champ suit, all right. You mind, huh? You mind? No, no, Billy, none at all. Did you see her? Oh, oh, sure. What, you did? Yeah, I see her. Billy... They wouldn't let you go up, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, but, but, uh, I, I went up the back. The back, Billy. Now, look at me. Are you sure? Oh, sure. And, and, and she still loves me, Randy. I, I said everything was okay. She's crazy about me like, like she always was. What did she tell you? Well, she, she didn't want to talk to me. You know how she is. But then I told her I love her and, and she loves me. Yeah. Uh, Billy. Uh, Billy, I'm tired, Randy. Lots of things happened tonight. Lots of things. Yeah, I know. What do you say we go someplace for coffee? Yeah, yeah, I'd like that. I'm awful tired. And when I get real rested good, I'll go back to see her. Her and me, we'll start over again. Hey, hey, this is where she lives, you know. Yeah. Look, I, I got to see her once more, Randy. Maybe she'll talk to me this time. Huh? Not tonight anymore, Billy. No, but I, I want her to talk to me. Well, I don't sure. Yeah, she will. She loves me. Billy, now listen to me. You let me go up there first. I'll talk to her and fix everything, okay? Well, tell her not to act like a kid. Tell her to talk to me. Yes, sure, sure. I'll tell her, but you must put... Yes, Kolsky. You put in a call for us? Oh, yes, I did. It's okay now. I found him. What'd she call the cops for, Randy? Oh, Kolsky's not a cop. He's a pal of yours. Huh? He thinks you're the greatest fighter that ever lived. He always wanted to talk to you about your big fight. Oh, sure, sure. But but we're busy now. I'll talk to you about it later, Kolsky. I gotta see somebody. Billy, I promised you I'd see her, remember? You, you're gonna tell her I'll be waiting? Sure, sure. Now, you just stay with Kolsky here. Tell him uh, about the night you won the belt. Anything the matter, Stone? No, no, no. Just keep him here. I'll answer questions later. Now, Billy. Yeah? Promise me you'll stay right here. You, you won't stay long, huh? J- just tell her she loves me and, and and I want her to talk to me. Sure, I will. Okay, now you wait here. I didn't think it would do any good to see her again, but I wanted to give Billy a good memory to take along. 
I saw her all right, but she didn't talk to me either. I went back downstairs and out to the street. I hadn't been gone more than five minutes, but they were the longest five minutes of my life. Brother, I was beat. Hey, Rhonda, you see her, huh? You see her? Yeah, I saw her, Billy. What did she say? Huh? You tell me what she said, huh? Well, I told her. Hey, Stone, how long does this go on? This is a prowl car, not a bus. Yeah, we're coming along with you. Hey, what's the idea? Get in the back, Billy. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of tired. I, I'd kind of like to ride to your place, Ryan. Sure. Take us to the precinct, cousin. Listen, Andy. Did you see his girl? Yes, I saw her, but she didn't talk to me either. I guess she laughed once too often. She's dead. Huh? All right, now just take it easy, Skalski. The poor guy doesn't even know that he killed her. are going out all over the city. Even those neon signs on Madison Street. I've got to write my piece and put it in a slot. But what can I say? The story of a one-sided love? Well, if that's what love does to you, I'll stick to Pinochle. It's a funny thing about love, isn't it? Let someone get up and talk about hate, and he's hailed as a new leader. Let him speak of love, and he's ridiculed, he's spat upon, and... Even nailed to a cross. Love is the greatest thing, the oldest yet the latest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy, boy. Stay tuned for George Burns and Gracie Allen next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for George Burns and Gracie Allen here on Theater of the Mind. From Hollywood, the George Burns and Gracie Allen show for Hormel and Spam. Crazy people. Spam, rebuff. Boom, spam, George Burns and Gracie Allen, Artie Shaw and his orchestra, the singing glee, we're the smoothies three, last but not least, and with Bud Heaston. show those two spam ambassadors of fun, George and Gracie. Uh, thank you very much. Hello, Gracie. Hello, Bud. Uh, what do you think of the hot weather we've been having? Oh, boy, I wish I knew how to keep cool. Oh, I know what we could do, Bud. We can go down to the beach and sit in the sand, and I'll hold your hand, and you can hug me, and I can kiss you, oh, and then Gracie, you can kiss... Oh, uh, Gracie, will that cool us off? No, but we we may as well enjoy the heat, if you know what I mean. 
I, uh, I think he knows what you mean, and Gracie, quiet about the heat. The tourists might be listening. Tourists? What's a tourist? What's a tourist? Yes. Look, Gracie, let's say you leave the studio, you cross Hollywood and Vine, you get on a bus... Oh, it's impossible. What's impossible? To cross Hollywood and Vine. All right, forget Hollywood and Vine. You get on a train in Los Angeles and you travel and travel and travel and travel. What are you? Still in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, I'll try to explain what a tourist is again. I'm in the Brown Derby eating. What are you eating? A chicken sandwich. White meat or dark meat? What's the difference? Three dollars and twenty cents. <laughs> Well, then I come out of the Brown Derby. There are people waiting out there with paper and pencils. Are they waiting for you? Yes. What are they? Creditors. <laughs> it's still very warm, and as a matter of fact, it's getting hotter, bud. Well, George, if you're that warm, why don't you do what my brother does? What does he do? Well, he knows how to keep cool. He does? Yeah, every morning, every morning he spends two hours under a cold shower. He, uh, well, how does he stand that? He doesn't turn the water on. <laughs> Which, uh, which, which brother is that? Well, that's the one who's smarter than I am. Oh, the, the half-wit, the tall one. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. The good-looking kid. Yeah. The golfer. Yeah. Yes. The one who got his head caught in the Frigidaire. <laughs> his head got caught in the Frigidaire? Well, yeah, you see, he didn't believe the light went out when you closed the door. <laughs> well, of course, that's a nice way to keep cool. No, I don't think so. That's a crazy way. I bet it is. The best to do is what my daddy thought of yesterday. What's that? Well, he attached an electric fan to his nose. Attached an electric fan to his nose? Yes. Where's your daddy now? Flying over Kansas City. <laughs> I, uh... I, I really think I was better off with the tourists. What's the tourists? Quiet, quiet. Come in. Four years in Harvard, and all I do is open and close doors. Sound man, stop grumbling and open the door. I'll do it, but my heart isn't in it. Mr. Burns? Yeah? Yes. <laughs> Mr. Burns, you've got a wonderful program, and I think you're great. And I've come all the way from New York to Los Angeles to get your autograph. Well, you're just in time, mister. I've been trying to explain to Gracie what a tourist is. Now, if you came all the way from New York to Los Angeles and you want my autograph, what are you? Your brother Willie, remember? Well, just for that, go back to the hotel and take my suit off. Quickly. Mm. Sound man, these door slams that you give out each week are going to knock down the building. Mr. Burns, Bing Crosby says, boo 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 For that, he gets $10,000. Ted Lewis is everybody happy, $12,000. Jack Benny, terrific vocabulary. Instead of saying hello again, jello again. $20,000. I have translated into English the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics discovered on the tomb of King Herod III, covering the period from the Second Dynasty through the Peloponnesian Wars. And this is what I do for a living. Wow. Right after the broadcast, I'll give you a gold star and a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> and now the smoothies, Babs, Charlie, and Little are going to sing a very... Uh, Senor Burns, con permiso, quiero decir una cosa, por favor. Hey, guitar, a guitar player. Senor Lee, what is it now? There's one member in the orchestra who sings much better than the smoothies. He is the greatest singer in the country, but he is too modest to tell you. Who was that? 
Me. You're the greatest singer in the country? You really think so? <laughs> so, so the smoothies will sing. Hey, George, I finally got it. Now, how could I have been so stupid? I know what a tourist is. Well, good, good. What is a tourist? Your brother Willie. Gracie, a tourist is a person who travels from place to place and never stops. Oh, Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> Now the smoothies will sing. Okay, okay, Senor Lee, as long as you're such a good singer, come up here. I'd like to hear you sing. Introduction, Artie. Not in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not in the mood. Well, never mind. Artie, what are you going to play tonight? A little French number entitled Le Pleuvoir d'Avril. What does that mean in English? April showers. <laughs> Why did you say it in French? Well, Senor Lee doesn't like the number and he doesn't understand French. Why does a Senor Lee like April showers? Why, it's a beautiful number. When April showers, <laughs> will come your way home. What's the matter? <laughs> Well, Artie, I suppose if Senor Lee doesn't like it, you'll have to play something else. Yep. Tonight, I'm going to play Temptation. Fine. Why he puts up with that Senor Lee is more than I can understand. See, George, you just don't understand the Latin people, that's all. But you do, huh? Well, I was in South America. I know exactly how they live. All night long, they sit under the moon and make love. And They, they sit ha- under the moon all night and make love? Yeah. What do they do in the daytime? Well, they sit under the sun and cool off. <laughs> Artie, Temptation, please. Thank you. 
That was Temptation by the number one band of the nation. Pretty cute. <laughs> and uh, really, Artie, I've never heard you play that number. I've never heard you uh, play that number so well before. That was right well, that's mighty yeah. nice of you to say that, George. I, I, I really mean it, Artie. Do you care to smoke a cigar with me? Oh, I'd love to. All right, I'll smoke it down here, and then you can have it. <laughs> Thanks, kid. Said George, while I sure was doing his number, our costumes arrived for the kitty party. Oh, Gracie, are you and George going to a kitty party tonight? Mm-hmm. Look, Gracie, I'll go to the Coconut Grove because I love it. And I love Betty Duchin's music. But I'm not getting into that Lord Fauntleroy suit. Some fun I had at the last kitty party. I spent ten minutes bobbing for apples. And twenty minutes bobbing for your teeth. <laughs> that was a cute sight. All those grown-up movie stars with lollipops in their mouths. Well, all of them didn't have lollipops. No? Joey Brown had a chocolate-covered shovel. <laughs> Kitty parties. It's not bad enough that you have to go dressed up like five-year-old rollicking Rollo. You've got to entertain with the tiny tot stuff. After all, I'm not exactly five years old. You're not exactly ten. Certainly. Not exactly twenty. That's right. Not exactly forty. Quiet, quiet. <laughs> I can go on like this for years. But don't, don't, just don't. <laughs> but how old do I look to you? Well, roughly, George, your face looks about 30. There you are, Gracie. <laughs> but smooth it out, it looks at least 60. <laughs> there you are, George. <laughs> not going to that kiddie party. They want you to entertain. What are you going to do, Gracie? Oh, I know a very cute story. It goes like this. Sorry. Once there was a nice little boy, and he saw a little angleworm who had nobody to play with. And the nice little boy felt so sorry for the little angleworm that he took out his penknife and he cut the little angleworm in half. And then he said, now little angleworm will have somebody to play with. (laughs) That's my story. Very cute, but you see, I don't know any stories. George, George, here's a little poem you can tell. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown. See Dr. Cowan, credit dentist. (laughs) I'm uh, still not performing. Well, George, look, here's one. Uh, Little Jack Horner sat in a corner eating a can of Spam. He stuck in his thumb and pulled out some meat, which is not only a pure pork product, but is a perfect blend of the choicest cuts, pork shoulder, the juiciest, sweetest meat, combined with ham meat, well-known for tenderness and flavor, and said, what a good boy am I. Well... Not performing Well, George, why don't you do a little poem like this? I don't want to hear it Good I always use a dial phone With me, it never fails I never get my number But it manicures my nails Gracie, I'm still not performing Mr. Burns, if you'll allow a sound man Allow it Here is a simple little poem Which I recited when I was six years old Poem Species aromatic rosa bacilli are red Species genus Viola Septuri are blue. C2H4016 is a split carbohydrate. And so are you. Oh, that's beautiful. Why did you do that? You think I ought to do oh, that I one? Oh, I love that Still one. Still not performing. Uh, Senor Burns, I have a children's poem. Well, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. <laughs> I'm a little wildflower, growing wilder every hour. Nobody tries to cultivate me. Caramba, do I smell. Boys, look, I've got a TL for you. Forget the poems and I'm not going. Oh, but I 
I've got a beautiful costume for you. Little short pants and a busted brown collar and a big bow and a little sailor hat. Oh, you look awfully cute. Dapper, huh? No, no, you're too old to wear dapper. Oh, well, I... <laughs> And now the smoothies will sing Meet the unison halfway. I think maybe I sing now. Well, I think maybe I let you. And I hope you're in the mood. Introduction, Artie. Not in the mood. <laughs> Senor Lee, I don't think you ever sang in your life. Okay, <laughs> Barbarita. I sang Carmen in South America. Well, I was there. Quiet. I can picture it now. There I am in the middle of the arena, the greatest singer in the world. Oh, dressed like a toreador. Thousands of people applauding. The lights dim down. I open my mouth. And the bull rushes out. Oh, <laughs> smoothies, the song. <laughs> Get up, come on, get out And meet the sun halfway There may be a fortune waiting Or maybe an exit flame Get up, come on, get out And meet the sun halfway Get into the tub As you begin to rub and scrub Give out with your version of the road to Mandalay Don't ever expect the right side Served up to you on a train Get up, come on, get out You're late And meet the sun halfway You had a good night You didn't count sheep Enough for that going back to sleep Hey, sleepyhead Don't you know what you're missing? Hey, sleepyhead Life can really be gay So gay, so stop hiding behind a pillow Whenever dawn looks gray Get up, get out, get on your way And meet the sun halfway You did a grand job. So, George, can I uh, take the microphone for a second here? Oh, I'm. Sure, uh, I, excuse me, please. I got a little problem here. See, platter, scatter, fatter. Gosh, gee, platter, chatter. My goodness, uh, so what's the matter? Well, I got another swell poem here, Gracie, except that I can't make the last line rhyme. Oh, well, I'm good at that. Give me the test and I'll do my best. Poem, you see? That's <laughs> very cute. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Um, uh, in the good old summertime, have something just right when you dine. You'll make a hit with spam on a platter. Well, that's where I'm stuck, Gracie. I, I need something to rhyme with platter. Well, that's easy, but listen. You'll make a hit with spam on a platter, for real, you know, there's nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> nothing better. Not bad, Gracie, and thanks. That's what I needed to get me started on a swell suggestion for a grand warm-weather meal, a spam summer platter. Open a can or two of spam, S-P-A-M, Slice and arrange around a large platter. 
Next, a circle of luscious sliced tomatoes, then a ring of your favorite cheese sliced. Decorate the platter with crisp celery, radishes, olives, and raw carrots. With potato salad, iced tea or coffee, and a simple dessert, you bring to your table a perfect summer meal. Just wait until Dad and the youngsters taste those juicy slices of Spam. Delicious meat that, that pleases every appetite because Spam is meat with a hearty He-Man flavor. You'll like it, too, because Spam is so easy to use. Ready to eat just as it comes from the can, Spam is always handy because it keeps without refrigeration. Serve a Spam summer platter soon. Ask your food dealer for Spam when you shop tomorrow and try the easy recipes on the label. Then you'll discover that cold or hot, Spam hits the spot. Slice it, dice it, fry it, bake it, cold or hot, Spam hits the spot. Smoothies, that was really swell. Was See, George, the... I saw all the costumes for the kitty party tonight, and Georgia Jessel's wife's costume is the prettiest. It is, huh? Yes. Oh, it's very cute. She's going to wear little bobby socks and a little baby bonnet and a little white play dress and a blue sash on it. Probably be very happy in a thing like that. Well, she should be. It was a wedding gown. <laughs> well... It's, uh, it's too bad, Gracie. I, I won't be able to see the dress. Wow. We won't get there until after nine, and Mrs. Jessel will be home before that. Oh, doctor's orders? No, the curfew law. <laughs> curfew law? Yes. <laughs> What's that? Cur- uh, it's a law that's just been passed in California. It's for the protection of juveniles. Who are they? Before you were 18, what were you? 17. According to the new curfew law, if you're under 18 and you're out after 9 o'clock, an officer comes up and serves you with a writ. Just me? No. If your brother is out, the officer comes up and serves him with a writ. And if his brother is out, he serves him with a writ. Now, do you know what it is? Yeah, the writ's brothers. (laughs) The only one who can explain a law like this to you, Gracie, is a jurist. But you don't even know what a jurist is. I do, too. What's a jurist? You cross Hollywood and Vine, you get in a bus, and you think it's your brother Willie, it turns out to be Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> Look, uh, curfew is a saying that's impossible to explain to an idiot. Mr. Burns, I think I can explain it to you. <laughs> well, thanks, sound man. Thanks, oodles. I'll admit I haven't had a college education, so no matter what you're explaining, you're wasting your time because I can't understand it. So go back to your door. Peasant. <laughs> That's what I do for a living How did I get mixed up in a thing like this? No, well, none of this would have happened if you put on your kitty costume in the first place All right, I'll go off stage and put it on right now And I'll leave it to the rest of the cast and see if it doesn't look silly All right, well, come right back Yes, I'll be right back <laughs> Oh, but I wish you were going to the party Yeah, so do I It's going to be a swell party Mickey Rooney is going to bring Ann Sheridan and Charles Boyer <laughs> That's a funny thing. If Mickey Rooney is bringing Ann Sheridan with that new curfew law, Mickey will have to be home by 9 o'clock. Yeah, or else he'll be arrested for arson. Uh, arson? <laughs> Gracie, arson means burned up. Well, if you had to leave Ann Sheridan at 9 o'clock, you'd be burned up, too. <laughs> well, it sure is tough on these kids with these curfew officers, but, boy, I'd give anything to go to the party. Well, I've just got two tickets for the kitty party. One is George's and one is mine. Oh, wait a minute. George is getting dressed up as a baby. We can phone the curfew officer. He'll take George home and put him to bed, and you and I can go to the party. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Who, who knows the number?
number of the curfew, officer. Well, I think it's a rotten trick you're playing on as nice a fellow as George. The number's Gladstone 1131. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll go and call her. But now, don't forget, everybody, when George comes in, tell him how nice and young he looks. Okay. Uh-oh, here he comes. <laughs> here I am. Dad, 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 dad. Oh, how are you, little boy? Where's your mama? See, George, that's how young you look. I didn't know you. Oh, stop. Artie, how do you like me in my kitty costume? When I walked in, did you notice my rattle? Yeah, you ought to get your joints oiled. <laughs> Just for that, I'll take my Shirley Temple doll and fracture your skull. That's a nice bow you've got on your hat, George. Thanks. <laughs> it's a nice bow. <laughs> it's a nice bow you have in your legs. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah? Oh, but you shouldn't say things like that about George. Thanks, Gretchen. Legs like his are few and far between. <laughs> Uh, pardon me, but I got a call from a Mr. Heaston. Oh, so I guess you're the little girl, or boy. <laughs> what a cute little boy, and what a cute outfit. How old are you? Uggle, glubble, glubble. <laughs> My, you look older than that. All right, so I'm uggle, glubble, glubble and a half. <laughs> a little five-year-old boy smoking cigars? Yes, and I dink, too. What? I dink. Oh, George, you can speak plainer than that. Well, come along with me, my little man. I can't. I gotta go to a party at the Coconut Dome. I'm the curfew officer. We're gonna have a lot. Wait a minute, brother. I happen to be a very old man. Mister, did you ever see a five-year-old with a face like mine? Yeah, I came in second yesterday at Hollywood Park. <laughs> Who framed this But all I know Is that I'm not going To any kiddie party Here, Gracie You can have the ticket Oh, thanks Oh, come on, curfew officer We're going to a party well, Gracie, are you going out With that curfew officer? What about me? Well, you can go with him Next week <laughs> I'll go to the party, Miss Allen But I'll have to take you home By nine o'clock oh, oh, I'm over 18 But I'm not <laughs> Now I'm in the mood. Okay. Una vez más, te pido yo que me perdones, te pido que no me abandones, que hago sin ti. Una vez más, quiero besar tu linda boca. Ciego de amor y pasión loca que siento por ti. Yo tu belleza no la olvido, pues es difícil de olvidar. Tu nombre siempre lo bendigo, 
aunque tú me hiciste un gran mal, te pido una vez más. Quiero besar tu linda boca, ciego de amor y pasión loca, que siento por ti. Una vez más, ole, 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 una vez Gracie have asked me to suggest you try a Spam summer platter at your house real soon. You'll like the delicious, meaty flavor of Spam, the way it satisfies husky appetites. So just open a can of Spam, slice this grand-tasting meat, and let it headline a platter of tomatoes, cheese, crisp celery, and favorite summer fixings. That's the easy way to good, warm-weather meals. Ask for Spam, S-P-A-M, when you shop tomorrow. Try the simple recipes on the label. Thank you, Bud. Gracie, say goodnight. Oh, goodnight. Oh, say, George, Senor Lee's song made me feel so romantic. I feel like kissing somebody. Well, how about kissing me? Well, puck it up your lips. Well, the pocket. Well? Uh, not in the mood. Uh, Good night. <laughs> Listen in again next Monday night, same time, same station, for George Burns and Gracie Allen with Artie Shaw and his orchestra and the smoothies brought to you by Hormel and Spam. Until then, this is Bud Heaston reminding you to remember that cold or hot, Spam hits the spot. Good night. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Richard Diamond, followed by Duffy's Tavern. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.